Names are important. I mean, when we talk about a name, what's in a name? Uh, a name separates us out. It makes us unique. It makes us special. Uh, my name was, was James, and my mom and daddy, everybody called me James. My, even my family, a lot of my family people still call me James. But when I was in high school, my, my high school coach started calling me JB. And, and it stuck. And even when I went off to college, and I went off to college, and there wasn't very many people that went to the same college, you know, went to college that knew me from high school. But for some reason, I mean, everybody called me JB. So I've been called JB for a long time. And I mean, I really like that. And think about it when a name. When somebody remembers your name, what, how did that, you know, you may meet somebody and then they'll say, well, see you later. And they tell you your name and you go, they remember my name. And so it seems important. And it is important because it sets us apart. When we look at our names, sometimes people name people nowadays on purpose. They name them special names or biblical names, uh, but sometimes they don't. But you know, when you think about biblical names, they were all, they were really important. Think about what the biblical names mean. In fact, we find out that sometimes people weren't even named until a little bit further up. So to see, because their names usually tried to fit their character, the name Adam is Adamah, and it means the word for ground because he was taken from the ground. The word Eve, and the name Eve means the mother of living. If you remember, at the fall, it was Adam and the woman her, she wasn't named till after the fall. And then you've got Abram, and he became Abraham. Abram means high father. You, and of course, we, you know, this is going to sound funny, but it, it means big daddy. Like, you know, he's a, he's a big man. And then father of many nations is the name Abraham. Isaac means laughter, because when they told him that they were going to have the baby, they were so old, she laughed and he laughed, and so he's called laughter. Jacob means deceiver. And, of course, Jacob's name got changed to Israel, which means prince of God. And then Esau means red or hairy, because that's how he came out. And Daniel means God is judge. And, and Daniel, of course, was a, a statesman and a leader and a prophet and everything else. Peter means rock. His name was Simon, and God called him Petros, which means the rock. And then Paul and Saul, uh, the name Saul uh, means ask, and the name Paul means little. And so that's, that's what his name was. Biblical names mean a lot. When we think about Jesus, and we say Jesus, or we say Jesus Christ. Sometimes we say the Lord Jesus Christ. We say a lot of things, and we don't always realize. I remember when I first started growing as a Christian, and everybody said Jesus Christ. And in my mind, his name was Jesus Christ. And like his mother and daddy were Mr. and Mrs. Christ. You know, his name was Jesus and Mr. and Mrs. Christ. But then I realized that his name actually was Jesus, and a title was Christ. You know, and so I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I kind of thought, ooh, well, good, I'm, I'm Mary and Joseph Christ. I didn't know what their name was, but we, we look briefly at our Savior, and we think about names. It's Christmas times, and let's think about the birth of Christ, and God so loved the world that he gave his son, and why to die and rise again. Well, there's names, and, and we're going to look at names and titles, and I'm going to go through it quickly, and then we'll just go on to grow groups and have fun there, but I thought it would be kind of interesting, and I've already got them for you, but let, let's think about them, and I'm going to try to bring them together in a flow, and so let's think first of the personal name, and the personal name is Jesus. And at Matthew one twenty one, he said, uh, I think I've got the verses, she shall give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And the name Jesus means Savior. Sometimes it's even translated Jehovah is salvation. It's the, sort of the name is Yeshua in the Old Testament. It means the Savior. It's a personal name. And it, and it has an idea of Savior. If you remember in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, if you were in the first service, we actually quoted that verse that says, born this day in the city of David is a Savior. Christ the Lord. So when you think of the name Jesus, 
And, and I, I, I don't know how often when we think of names that you think of what the name means, but the name Jesus means Savior. And that's what he is. He, he is the Savior. We need a Savior. Mankind needs a Savior. who all sin and come short of the glory of God. Wages of sin is death. Our righteousness is filthy rags. And we need a Savior. And so we start by saying that we need a Savior, and Jesus means Savior. Well, and then we got to think about this. The problem is that a Savior, well, that's Jehovah's salvation. The problem is the Savior couldn't be an ordinary person because the wages of sin is what? And we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So a, a regular person can't pay for people's sins. That person has to be God. In fact, only God can do that. So the second name I want you to think about is he's called God. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Born this day in the city of David has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the, the Lord. And the word Lord there, L-O-R-D, is, means, the, means deity, it means master, it can mean a lot of things, but the idea is the deity aspect of him. And in John, and, uh, that for one this day in the city of David, there's one born for you who is Christ the Lord. There it is. And we also know that in Luke one thirty five, he is called the Son of God. When the angel comes to Mary and says, you'll have a child, and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and that which is born is the Son of God. And so we've got... A great idea here that the one who's going to be the Savior is also God. He is God the Savior. Because mankind can't, we can't save ourselves. Only God can save us. And so you think of his name as Jesus, Savior. We think of his title or his name as God. In fact, when we think about Isaiah 9, uh, 9 6 unto us, uh, he's called the mighty God. And so the Savior of man, he's got to be God to be able to make the payment. Now, there's a problem there. You say there's a Savior, Jesus, and there is God. He's the Lord, God. But the problem is God can't die. So what's going to have to happen? God is going to have to be what? Become a human being. And so the third name is the name Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. And we realize that it's so special because here's God with us. He is the God-man. Matthew one twenty three says, Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translates God with us. And so understand that here is the Savior, and the Savior is God, but the Savior who is God must become a man. He must be God with us in order to die to pay for our sins. Think about that. Uh, I mean, we, some people have said things like this. Why didn't God just say, okay, you've all sinned, and I'm, I'm dealing with it. I have decided that I will never punish you for any sin, and so your sins are dealt with. Why couldn't he do that? Huh? Why couldn't God just dismiss our sin and say, uh, I, I'm just not going to deal with it? Because the wages of sin is what? And God is just and righteous. What did he say? The soul that sins shall die. Did he say the wages of sin is death. He said whoever sins dies. He can't say, oh, I changed my mind on that. Or I'm holy and righteous, but I'm, I'm not going to deal with this. So what does he have to do? He says, listen, I'm holy and righteous, and I said the wages of sin is death, so I'm going to send you a Savior. And the only way he can be a Savior, he's got to be God. But the only way he can be God and a Savior, he's got to become a person. 
And that's why Christmas is so unusual and so spectacular. It is actually God becoming a human being. The, uh, I have this, uh, I read a, 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 a Bible study lesson years and years ago, and it was talking about the birth of Christ. And the guy wrote, and that always has made me, he said, uh, God sent his son, God came down from heaven with a baby in his arms. And I just, the idea that here is God bringing down the Savior. Isaiah seven fourteen talks about the virgin will bring forth a son. He's going to be a person. Isaiah 9 says, unto us a child is born, unto us the son is given. Have you ever noticed that difference? Uh, last Sunday, if we'd have had grow group, I was going to teach this, this passage. I was going to teach Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, but we didn't have grow group because of the storm. But have you ever looked at that verse? It says, unto us a child is born, unto us the son is given. You understand the child is born because the baby comes in the world, but the son was not born. The Son has always existed. The Son was given to mankind, but the Son wasn't born. Unto us the child is born. Unto us the Son is given. And so we got to remember that. And so here he is as a child, as a person. And so we have a Savior who is God who becomes a person. So he must be God so that he can die, die and pay for sin, but he also has to be a man. He must be God because only God could make the payment, but he, has, but he must be man so he could die and pay for sin. Now, there's something else. There's something else there. And if you study those verses of Isaiah 9, 6, it says, and the government will be upon his shoulders, ruler. I never completely understood this, but I realized that sometimes you'll see places where it'll say, and they place something on their shoulder, and that meant they had the authority. That meant they had the authority. The government will be where? On his shoulders. And so he's going to be what? He's going to be a king. So think about this. The Savior, who is God, who becomes a man, is going to be king. And he's called the king of the Jews. In Matthew chapter 2, it, it, it basically says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, wise men came from the east, arrived in Jerusalem, and what did they say? Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Where is he born king of the Jews? And so not only is this Savior who is God, who becomes a man, but he is the king. In fact, Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33, we'll look at these verses this morning. If you were here in the first service, you've seen them. If you weren't here and you'll be here for the second service, you'll see these verses. But it says, this is how it describes him. He will be great. We know that, right? <laughs> He's the greatest one who ever lived. He will be called the Son of the Most High. To be called the Son of the Most High is to be called the Son of what? Of God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He is a descendant of King David, and he'll take the throne of his father David. He's going to be a king, and it's forever. In fact, that verse goes on to say he will take the throne of his father, and of his kingdom will be no end, and he will rule forever and ever. So he'll be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, we've seen he's a savior who is God, who becomes a man, who ultimately is the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords. Now, there's another aspect of a title, and that is this. Oh, he's, that he's going to be God's special one. He's called the Christ. Now, remember, we said his name is Jesus Christ, and Jesus means what? What does Jesus mean? It means Savior. And the name Christ means the anointed one of God. It's a title. Jesus is a personal name. 
but Christ is a title. He is called the anointed one of God. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, For today, in the city of David, there has been one born for you, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. There he is, Christ. He is the anointed one of God. And when you think about the anointed one of God, he is the prophet, priest, and king. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, when, when, when you think of Jesus and you think of him, the anointed one, you, you start going back and you say, well, you know, he's going to be the lamb of God and he's going to be this and this and this. But then when you think of him as the Christ, now in the Bible, in the Old Testament, priests were anointed. And well, y'all know what anoints, right? Anointing was taking oil and a person got a particular office. If you were going to be a priest, if you're going to be a prophet, or if you're going to be a king, those three offices were anointed. They would take the person, they would take oil, and they would pour it over their head, and the oil would pour down, symbolic of the Holy Spirit and the power of God coming upon a person. So if you were a king of Israel, you got anointed. If you were a prophet of God, you got anointed. If you were a priest, you got anointed when you started your responsibility, especially the high priest. Aaron got anointed, and his sons, and the same thing. So the anointed. Now, by the way, the anointed one was one set apart for a particular job. Nobody had all three offices. We're going to find that some people were prophets and priests, and some people were kings and priests. Melchizedek was a king-priest. But nobody was a prophet, a priest, and a king at the same time. Nobody. And so the anointed one of God would be the one who would come, who would be the what? The prophet the priest, and the king all at the same time. And so when we say the name Christ, it's not just saying a name. It's saying that this is the anointed one of God who is the prophet, priest, and king. Now, I want you to think about it. As the prophet, what does a prophet do? He gives what? Gives the word of God. A prophet gives out the word of God. He says, thus says the Lord. When we think of a prophet, we usually think of a prophet telling uh, future things. But prophets did two things. They not only talked future things, but they talked about what was going on right then. They would say, stop doing this, or do this, or do this. And then they would say, because God's going to do this. So prophets gave out the word of God. When you think about Jesus Christ, he not only spoke the word of God, because remember when he taught, they would say, nobody ever taught like this. Not only did he speak the word of God, he is the word of God. All right? Okay, second, priest. What did the priest do? Priests were go-betweens. The priest was the go-between between people and God. Jesus comes as the great high priest who offers himself as a sacrifice. All the other priests, they took animals, they offered these sacrifices, and it covered sin. Jesus comes as the great high priest, and the great high priest doesn't offer an animal sacrifice. The great high priest offers himself as the sacrifice. And not only is it a sacrifice, it is the final sacrifice for sin forever because when he offered it, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when we think of the anointed one of God, we think of the prophet who not only is the word of God, he speaks the word of God. He's the great high priest who represents God to us and us to God and at the same time offers himself as a final sacrifice for sin forever. I do want to throw this out because a lot of people have never heard this. I've taught this before. If you go to the book of Hebrews, we're not going to go there. But as the earthly priest, took animals, went into the, to the temple or the tabernacle on earth, and they took animals in there and covered sin. The Bible tells us that Jesus, as the great high priest, took his blood, not into an earthly tabernacle, but one that's in heaven, and took his blood, poured it out 
as not the covering for sin, but the payment for sin. Now, when he did that, I have no idea. It doesn't say. We don't know whether he did it sometime when he was on the cross, when he did it in those three days and three nights. Did he do it in those 40 days? Did he do it after he ascended into heaven? All we know as the great high priest, he offered himself as a sacrifice for sin, not on earth, but in heaven. So he's a prophet, a priest, and a king. And that last part is what we saw for months going through the gospel of, of Matthew, that Jesus Christ is the king of the Jews and the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And one of these days, he's going to rule in righteousness and justice. I had somebody ask me a question the other day, and I can't remember when they asked me, but that they, somebody said, that is the work of Christ over? And they said, oh, yeah, the work of Christ is over because he said it's finished. Well, the work of Christ is over that is finished when he came the first time. Right now, where is he? Seat at the right hand of the throne of God. What is he doing for us right now? He's making intercession for us. He's an advocate intercessor. And then one of these days he's going to come back as the king. So Christ's work is not over. The work the first time to come to pay for sin and conquer death and all that, that's over. But what he's doing right now is going to do it until it's time for him to come get us and we all be together. And then he's going to rule the world in righteousness and justice. So when we think about the Christ, the prophet, the priest, and the king. He is the prophet who speaks the word of God because he is the word of God. He is the priest because he is the go-between between man and God, and he's the mediator between man and God, and he is the great high priest who offered himself as the final sacrifice, and he is the king of kings and the lord of lords who will not only rule for a thousand years on this earth on the throne of David, but he will rule for all time as the king of kings and the lord of lords. Why did he come? To give his life as a ransom. He will come a second time as the king. That takes us to the, the last name. And the last name is, is we've got to understand that all this, he makes God known, and that's what we find his last name is the Word of God. We all know in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and what? And the Word was God. So he's the, he's the Word. So we've seen that we've got the, the Savior, who is God, who became a person, who is the king, who is the anointed one of God, is the prophet, priest, and king, who is the word of God. Now, I want you to, to see what is the purpose of the word of God. I clicked it, but it didn't do. Let me try it again. It's not, is anybody back there? Because it's not, it's not working. Let me see if I can reverse it. Oh, there, there we go. Now it's working. Let's see if we can get it. The word became flesh, John 1, 14, the word became flesh. Now, what? What is the purpose of the word? Watch this. Yeah, just keep watching. It'll, uh, whoa, there we go. All right. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us with all his glory. So what's the purpose? The purpose of the word is to explain God. Watch this. No one has seen God at any time. God, the only son, that's Jesus, who is in the arms of the Father, he has explained him. The Word of God came to show us what the Father is like. What did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. You know, before, you know, he's always existed. So when we think about it, we see Jesus as a Savior. So we have the Savior, who is God, who became a man, who rules as king, who does God's will as the anointed one, and who is the living Word making known the Father. So when we think about these titles, these names, I just want you to see it. Look at this. Let us realize that Jesus is our Savior, who is God, 
who became a man, and as the king will rule forever. He came to do God's will as the anointed one, the Christ, making God known, that's as the word, as the living word, by his birth, his death, and his resurrection. So when we think about Christmas, there's, there's, there's the name Jesus, and there's the name God, and there's the name the Christ, there's the name the Messiah, there's the name the Word who became flesh, there is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, there is the anointed one of God. All of those are titles of our God and Savior Jesus Christ born in Bethlehem.